God is really, really big. Great is our Lord, or that's another word for God, and mighty in power. Okay? But that verse that Carl read out for us this morning said, In this world you will have trouble. Or another word for trouble is problems. In this world, we will have problems. So I don't know about you, but I've got a box of problems. Okay. Now, this is one of the problems. Are problems bigger than God? What about if I put, if I come up to Bella, if I put that right there, does it look bigger than God now? To you, maybe? Can you see God? No. Sometimes we can't see God when we have problems in front of us. What are some problems? I'm going to write down some other problems. What are some problems that you may have had or heard of? Kids, who wants to put up their hand? A problem, a trouble, an obstacle, pressure, challenges in life. Bella's got one. A fight. A fight. Yeah, you might have a fight with a friend. That's a problem. So I'm going to put fight on here and Bella's going to hold on to that one. Who else kids has an idea of a problem? You might do fart. You might, yeah? I'm just going to put tummy trouble on that one. <laughs> tummy trouble. Sometimes Pastor Nick's tummy trouble causes problems for others around him. <laughs> All right. This is fun. Okay, maybe one more pro two more problems. Um, someone dying. Someone dying, yeah. So sometimes people we love die, don't they? So I'm just going to actually put death on this one because death is a problem. Okay. Heat stroke. Heat stroke is a problem. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to, I said just two more, here and here, and then we're going to move on. A bleeding nose. A bleeding nose, yes. Sometimes someone bops you on the nose and it starts bleeding, and sometimes it starts bleeding all by itself. Okay. All right, so that's your problem. All right, what was, what was your last one? Falling out of a tree. Falling out of a tree. Has that ever happened to you? Falling. I can't spell falling. Falling out of a tree. Okay. Alright, so problems come in lots of different sizes, don't they? Not every problem is the same size. We have big problems, we have small problems. Are any of those problems bigger than God? Okay, but sometimes, if they're really, really close, they can look like they're bigger than God, can't they? Sometimes our problems look so big that we can't see God anymore. So I'm going to tell you a story about problems in the promised land. I've got another colouring in sheet for you, and we're going to do that in a moment. But first, we're going to tell a story about problems in the promised land.
So the promised land was the land that God had promised his special people Israel. And so after hundreds and hundreds of years of waiting to go into the promised land, they were right on the edge of the promised land. And God said to Moses, who was leading God's people, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which was the promised land, which I'm giving to the Israelites. And so from each of the tribes, they sent a leader into the promised land to spy it out. Okay, and then those leaders came back and they said, we went into the land which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. So it was a really, really good land. And here is its fruit. They brought back some of the fruit of the land to show the rest of Israel. But they said there's a problem. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. And we even saw the descendants of Anak there, which is a word for giants. There was really, really big people. There was a really, really big problem. Oh. There's a really big problem. There was giants in the promised land. And so there was a man named Caleb. Put out a hand if your name's Caleb. Good name. You must have really good parents. <laughs> then Caleb silenced them all and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. So Caleb thought they could do it, but the rest of the spies said... We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. If you haven't kind of deciphered it, this is supposed to be a sword and a shield. This is my artwork. Um, you can buy it later on. <laughs> and so they said, the land we explored devours, it eats up those living in it, and all the people there are of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes, and we looked like the same to them. So I'm going to ask someone else now, if I take this big problem and put it right in front of Felicity, can you see God past this big problem? No? What about Miriam? Can you see God past this big problem? What about now? Yes, good. So most of the spies couldn't see God past the big, big problem. But there was two people, we're only told about Caleb here, but there's another man named Joshua, who we have a Joshua, but he's not here this morning. Joshua and Caleb said that we can do it. Even though the problem was really, really big, they could see past the problem to see that God was even bigger. And so often our problems and obstacles can seem so big that they're bigger than God, but God is bigger. So the question we want to ask this morning is, what seems bigger in your life, problems or God? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass this box around as well. And I'll just get us adults to be big, mature people. And what I want you to do is to take a piece of cardboard out of the box and then pass it around. And if you've got a pen, um, 
Use your own pen. If you don't, grab one of these pens. Yeah, just one piece of cardboard each. So pass the box around. The pens are going to follow. Can you pass it on to the next okay. So what I want you to do as we're talking through this morning, because we don't want the kids to have all of the fun, um, is once you've got a piece of cardboard, just to use that to, to write on some problems that might be in your life at the moment. They might be a problem, a trial, an obstacle, something that's putting pressure or stress on you, a challenge. Write on there something that is kind of getting in your way of seeing how big God is in your life. No one else is going to read this or attach it to you. It's just a, just a way of, of, of thinking about, well, what are the problems in my life and how big are they? And problems aren't always bad. Sometimes good things are stressful, like... Um, we've had a lot of people buy houses lately and move into houses, but that's stressful. And so it doesn't have to be a big, dark, scary monster um, or a giant in the promised land. And so as that's going around this morning, what I, what I want to grab onto is that idea this morning that sometimes our problems are big, sometimes they're small, but sometimes they seem bigger than God if we get up close to them. If we allow our problems to, to cover our eyes and cloud our vision, it doesn't matter how big God is, the problem can seem bigger than God. And so what I want to share with you, and this is what I, the, 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 the big thing I want us to take away from this morning, is that our position shapes our perspective. Our position shapes our perspective. And so whatever we position ourselves closest to, is what will appear the biggest. This is a, a basic fact of life that we maybe don't think about too much, but we, we know to be true, that whatever we position ourselves closest to will seem the biggest. Um, and we've all seen pictures like these that, that play up on this idea that, that whatever we position closest seems the biggest. And so we look at that, and that's a bit funny, but we know that that man's not really about to swallow a tiny woman. She's standing a long, long, long way away. And so he's closer. He appears the biggest. This woman, instead of swallowing a tiny human, is going to swallow an entire car. And so we know that the woman's smaller than the car, but if we position her a lot closer than the car, she's going to seem bigger. This guy is doing a remarkable job. He's been out for a bike ride. He's seen this bridge falling down and he's stopped and now he's holding it up. And this is one of the famous ones. If you, you know, thanks to Google Image, look for this kind of picture. Most of them are people trying to hold up the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now we know that the tower is much bigger than the woman, but because she's closer, she seems bigger. But we know that that's just an illusion. And if you take a photo from a different angle, we can see that everyone kind of looks a bit foolish. <laughs> there was a really funny one that I found, but the image wasn't good enough quality to show on a big screen. But, but everybody here is, is, from the perspective of one person, looks like they're holding up the Tower of Pisa. But from a disparate perspective, they look like tiny people worshipping some odd object off in the distance. Whatever we position ourselves closest to 
will seem biggest. And so our position determines our perspective. And so this is why even small problems can seem bigger than God at times. If we position ourselves close to our problems, if they're the biggest thing in our field of vision, they can seem so much bigger than God. Because our position determines our perspective. It's all a matter of perspective. And so this is something that Joshua understood and modeled in his life. What he positioned himself closest to seemed biggest in his life. Even when he explored the promised land with the other 12 spies and Caleb and saw the giants just like everyone else did, so Caleb and Joshua who came back with a different perspective saw exactly the same things. They saw the fortified cities. They, they saw the giants in the land. They saw the same things, but they came back with a different perspective. They saw that God was still bigger. And so I want to lead you to um, Exodus, back a little bit. In fact, Caleb shows up the first time we ever hear of Caleb is him uh, speaking those words. We can totally take the promised land. Let's go and do it now. That's the first time he shows up. But we hear a little bit of the backstory of Joshua because he was a young man that was kind of Moses' assistant. And so back a little bit in the story, in Exodus chapter 33, beginning at verse 7, we're told uh, this about Israel whenever they were moving around. And so Israel was, before they were in the promised land, they were basically a nation in tents that would move around and follow God's leading. And it says that, uh, when they would set up their, their tent city, Moses would do this. It says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp, and whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to the tent, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down, and so at this time, God was represented to his people of Israel. His presence was represented as a pillar of cloud. doesn't mean that God was contained in the cloud. It just means that that was representing his presence with his people. And so as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud went, uh, would come down and stay on the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. And so all of Israel acknowledged that God was present, speaking with Israel, with Moses. And they would pause and they would worship God in that moment. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. And this is what I want us to capture out of this whole story. This is the backstory of Joshua before he goes into the promised land and sees the giants inhabiting the land. It says, then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. His young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Where did Joshua position himself? He positioned himself in the place that God appeared the largest. He positioned himself where God's manifest presence dwelt with Israel 
and he didn't leave that place. And so that when the time came to explore the promised land, it didn't matter how big a problem was in the promised land. It didn't matter how bad the heat stroke was or how many trees he fell out of. It didn't matter how big his problem was. They could never, in his mind, appear bigger than God. Because he spent his life dwelling where God appeared the largest. And so what we can take today from from Joshua's story, from this question of how big is your God, from this question of how big is your problem, is that to get the right perspective, we need to position ourselves properly. And we, like Joshua, can position ourselves in the place that God seems the largest. Now, God is everywhere. God is not confined to a particular place. But yet we see throughout the scriptures God manifesting his presence in places, God speaking to his people through, through different ways. And so, so to position ourselves in the place that God speak, seems the largest is, is to position ourselves in the church, to belong to a church, to regularly attend the gatherings of that church, because this is a place where God's name is worshipped. This is the place where we're reminded that God is bigger than whatever we face from one Sunday to the next, that God is bigger than anything. To position ourselves where God seems the biggest is to position our lives in Scripture, to position ourselves inside the stories of God's bigness. We only gather as a church once a week and that, uh, that's important to our sense of the bigness of God. But Scripture is something that's available every minute of every day to position ourselves within the stories of God's bigness puts us in right perspective so that when problems, challenges, pressure, struggles arise, they can never seem bigger than God. To position ourselves in the place where God seems biggest, is to position ourselves in prayer. See, prayer is not... Um, I won't try and uh, remember who said it because I'll get it wrong, but prayer is not just a thing that we try and change God with. Prayer is actually a, a process in which we come into conversation with God and our perspective gets changed. Our prayers move things. Our prayers are powerful and effective, but part of prayer is, is simply reminding ourselves of the awesomeness of God. Jesus taught his followers to begin their prayers with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. To begin your prayer with a reminder of how big and awesome and holy and above everything God is. To position ourselves in the place where God seems biggest is to position ourselves in the church, to position ourselves in scripture, to position ourselves in prayer, but also is to position ourselves in worship. And I mean what we do on a Sunday morning, but I don't just mean that. I mean it's to position ourselves in a lifestyle of worshipping God through song, through giving, through service of others through helping the poor, through helping the, the downcast and the downtrodden, through giving voice to the voiceless, as the scriptures say somewhere in Proverbs. 
And so to position ourselves where God seems biggest is to live a lifestyle of worship. And I want to encourage you that, that if you're in a place where, where kind of in your mind you know, well, whatever my problem is, it doesn't, I know it's not bigger than God. You know, I've been around enough Bible and church and, and, and worship to know that God is bigger than any problem, but, but right now this problem just feels so big that I can't see beyond it. And let's face it, some problems that we face in life, oh, that's beautiful. Um, some problems we face in life are really, really big. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in that place where, where the problem seems bigger than God, then put yourself in worship. Put on some worship music in your home. God's given us, you know, some people use it for other means, but God's given us Spotify so that we can have a constant flow of worship. There's a, there's a playlist on Spotify, CCLI played on, sung on Sunday. It's got most of the songs we sing on a Sunday morning that you'll be familiar with. Search for that, find it, put that on. It's not a paid ad for Spotify. I haven't even paid for premium. I'm happy to sit through the ads for free. But if you're in a place where your problem seems bigger than God, put yourself in a place of worship. If a place of worship for you is, is a walk in, in, out in God's creation, then put yourself in that place so that your perspective gets reoriented so that you can see and feel that no matter how big the problem is, God is always bigger. God is always stronger. God is always faster and smarter and kinder and more loving than anything we can face in this life. Position yourself next to God and keep focused on the truth to keep things in perspective. Because the truth is this. I began with only kind of touching on part of that passage that Carl read for us this morning. Passage, it's a grand term for it, verse. That Jesus said, in this world we'll have problems. And we know that to be true. Even our children here this morning are able to identify that trusting in God doesn't mean that your life will be completely free from problems. Trusting in God doesn't mean that your life will be free from challenge, from pressure, from stress, from obstacles. We don't trust in God so that we could have a smooth, easy sailing life. We trust in God because of this truth. In this world, you will have problems, troubles, trials. But take heart, Jesus says in John 16, 33. Take heart because I, that is Jesus, has overcome this world. No problem is bigger than Jesus. Elsewhere in Matthew chapter 19, verse 36, Jesus says this after talking about how hard it is for a rich man to be saved and his disciples said, well, well, then it's just impossible for anyone to be saved. And Jesus looked at them and said in Matthew 19, 26, with man or with 
humans, with people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. If you've got a big, big problem, then we can always trust that we have a big, big God. And it's not like it's kind of level pegging that God is just big enough than the biggest problems. God, through Jesus, has completely overcome this world and its problems. I remember um, watching a little YouTube video that um, was putting the, the solar system into its proper perspective that our models apparently are not to scale and... Um, and the space between them to perspective. And I was just flabbergasted at how big the sun actually is compared to our any bitty tiny earth. And so I want to say that this morning that no matter how big your, your problem is, that this is not to scale. That your problem is infinitesimally small, no matter how big it is, no matter how terminal the cancer is or how dire your debt is or, or how difficult your family life is, no matter how big it is, it is infinitesimally small compared to the bigness of God. I'm going to finish up in a moment, but I'm just going to invite our kids to come back out and our kids are just going to show us their beautiful pictures Kids, if you haven't finished yet, that's okay. If you want to stay with mum and dad, that's okay. But you come, come stand up and hold them, hold them like this so everyone can see what you've been doing. Oh, I like it. We've got some artists who are living... Oh, that's beautiful. Living by the... An artist never shows their work until it's finished. Um... <laughs> Okay, so hold them up so, so mums and dads can see. All right. Now put your hand up if you know how to read. Awesome. So whether you're still sitting down or whether you're standing up here, I want you to turn your colouring in sheet around to you and we're going to read what it says together just to remind us of this truth. Are we ready? One two, three. Great is our God and mighty in power. And so you can remember, kids, that God is always bigger than any problem you will ever, ever, ever face. Thank you. So you can go and have a seat with mum and dad again. We're going to get our worship team to come up. And so what we're going to do in a moment's time is as we finish our final song, and I've just got something I want to read first, so you know, don't get too excited just yet, worship team, but as we finish our final song, what we're going to do is we're going to put our problems in perspective. As we worship, we're also going to, and no one's going to read them, I promise you that, I'll make sure they get whisked away before anyone gets a chance to read yours. We're going to just place our problems in perspective next to God. 
Um, and so we're going to have a moment for the first kind of few times through this song that if you want to do that yourself, um, if you want to just leave your seat and walk up here and kind of put your problem next to God and then just drop it on the ground and put it in perspective, you can do that. And then if you're not feeling comfortable with leaving your seat, that's okay. We'll, we'll, I'll send Carl and Abraham around who are completely unvoluntarily helping out this morning. Um, and they'll just collect them up and they'll dump them all uh, in perspective next to God. But this morning as I, as I kind of looked over this message and, and was preparing myself to deliver it, I just really felt this morning that for all of us and perhaps for some of us in particular, um, that a story from um, 2 Chronicles was a significant one. It's a story that um, God told his people to just watch and see him deliver them. And so I'm just going to read a couple um, verses from that story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And then we're nearly finished, kids. You've been awesome. In 2 Chronicles... Um, 1 Chronicles, sorry. In 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 2, it says, Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah, and that's an awesome name. I love the name Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Harazon Tamar. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And so this big problem came. A vast army that Judah had no hope of defending themselves against. And so what did they do? They positioned themselves in the place where God seemed bigger. Jehoshaphat resolved, I'm going to inquire of the Lord. He said to Israel, he said to Judah, sorry, we're all going to fast. We're all going to remind ourselves of how we can depend upon God and we're going to um, depend upon the Lord. And I just want to read, and this is the bit that I think is for, for at least someone here this morning. Um, I just feel there's someone here this morning, or perhaps several of us, that... Their, their problem is so big, they think, yeah, well, what you've been saying this morning, Nick, is true, but, but my problem is so big, it's so insurmountable that even God can't overcome it. And so I think God's words to Jehoshaphat, he wants to renew to someone here this morning. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, 17, it says, God says to Jehoshaphat through the prophet, you will not have to fight this battle. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. And so God's word to us this morning, and especially I believe to someone here is, you don't have to fight this battle. God's calling you out to, to stand up and face up and, and draw up the battle lines, but not because you're going to have to fight the battle, not because you have to overcome it in your strength, but so he, because he wants you to be there so that you can see his deliverance. He wants you to be there 
so that you can see how big he is compared to this problem. Let me pray. Let's worship. And while we do that, let's put our problems in perspective. And so, Father, we thank you for that word. We thank you that the problem of sin was so big in our life that we could not hope to overcome it. But Jesus overcame it. We thank you that the army that was surrounding Jerusalem was so big that God's people could not overcome it, but you overcame it. We thank you that though the the people in the promised land seemed so big and so strong that there was no hope of your people possessing what you promised, but you were so big that you gave them the promised land regardless. So, Father, this morning as we worship with this final song, I pray that you would remind us of these truths and of the truth. That, yes, in this world we have problems. Yes, in this world we have troubles, we have trials, we have struggles, we have obstacles. But we can take heart because Jesus has overcome this world. May we live in a deeper knowledge of that truth from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. If you've been blessed and encouraged by this message, we'd love for you to become a part of the Ask Baptist family. Log on to ycbc.church to find out more.